today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Legalism is rooted in spiritual deception, which comes packaged with the lie from the father of lies that our relationship with God is based on our merit. Now please stay with me. This is the one part the enemy does not want you to hear. Because he has so many Christians deceived and they have believed that it's a meritorious relationship with the Lord. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Hebrews. So many Christians today believe that the salvation of God is based on or maintained by good works and strict obedience. Yet as Pastor J.D. teaches today, salvation is purely based on God's grace and is received by faith. You can't earn it through your own merits. Don't allow legalism to pull you away from God. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Our sufficiency is from God, who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, law, but of the Spirit. Here's why. For the law kills, but the Spirit gives life. You know what's interesting? That's exactly what happened when the law came down. Exodus 32 verse 28 tells us that about 3,000 people died. That's when the law came down. Fast forward to Acts chapter 2 verse 41. When the Spirit of God came down, about 3,000 got saved. Let me try that again. (laughs) The law kills. The Spirit gives life. The law comes down at Mount Sinai, 3,000 dead. The Holy Spirit comes down at Zion, 3,000 saved. Doesn't get any clearer than that. So why do you want to go back to legalism? I'm not trying to be, I don't have to try. (laughs) It just comes very naturally, thank you very much. I'm not wanting to be snarky or rude or obnoxious, but I mean, that's a, that's a fair question, isn't it? And I think we would do well to ask it, and I include myself in that. What is it, knowing this about the law and grace, the law and the Holy Spirit? I mean, the contrast, death, life, fear, love, guilt, forgiveness. I mean, isn't that a no-brainer? This should be a closed case. This should be a non-issue. Why is it an issue? Well, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) If you'll kindly allow me to, I want to take and tackle that question. Why is it? What And what is it? What is it about legalism and going back to the law that's so attractive? 
to us as Christians? Why is it so tempting? Why are Christians, in effect, seduced, if I can use that word, back into legalism, when this is what the law represents? Well, I have three reasons. There's more, but three starting with this first one, which is the main one, spiritual pride. If you were to ask me what I thought was one of the main reasons that Christians are attracted to legalism, this would have to be it. And the reason is because legalism is fueled by spiritual pride. And it appeals to the sin nature and provides one with this sense of spiritual superiority. Because see, now I fancy myself as being better than you. I think more highly of myself than I ought. And I look down at you, because you have a TV? I got rid of my TV. Hey, please don't misunderstand me. If, if that's something God is impressing upon your heart to get rid of your TV, then you would be well, <laughs> do well to be found faithful getting rid of your TV. I don't have a TV. I have like 12. <laughs> and so, so what, am I less spiritual than you? In fact, you know, it could be argued that the opposite is true. Ask Paul when he writes to the Corinthians, the weaker brother who stumbled because they're younger in the faith and more easily stumbled by those things. Whereas, we're going to, I'm getting ahead of myself, we're going to talk more about this. Those who grow in grace and mature in Christ, we're the stronger Christian. But isn't it true when you encounter someone who's just full of themselves, full of pride? And <laughs> we're not just talking pride here, we're talking spiritual pride. Ooh. It's been said that pride is at the center of all sin. As one has so aptly noted that the letter I is right smack in the middle of the word pride. And so too is the letter I right smack in the middle of the word sin. And so too is the letter I right smack in the middle of Lucifer, who exalted himself before Almighty God in heaven, saying, I will ascend my throne above the Most High. I will, I, 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 I. It's at the core. It's the fuel in the tank. And that's why it's so appealing. Because everything in our flesh chafes at humility. 
And like a magnet to steel is attracted to anything that would give us that sense of spiritual pride. And I mean it manifests. I'm not going to go into all the examples, because I'm getting way too convicted. So we're going to move on to number two. But <laughs> spiritual deception. This is roommates with spiritual pride. Legalism is rooted in spiritual deception, which comes packaged with the lie from the father of lies that our relationship with God is based on our merit. Now please stay with me. This is the one part the enemy does not want you to hear. Because he has so many Christians deceived, and they have believed that it's a meritorious relationship with the Lord. And that is the deception of deceptions. Here's what that looks like. We can be deceived and believe that we have to do something to merit the favor and the blessing of God. See, legalism says, do, do, do. Grace says, done, done, done. There's nothing you have to do. But see, that's the deception. You think it's that easy? I mean, you can just hear the voice now, right? I don't know what it sounds like to you. I can tell you what the enemy's always trying. I've been walking with the Lord for almost 40 years, and this is still a daily fight of faith, where the enemy's do, 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 do. <laughs> no, just sorry. I'm sorry. I did not mean to do that. That's what it is, though, is do, do. But I digress. That's legalism. Because of what you didn't do, or conversely, even because of what you did do. Ooh. Oh, that's my relationship with the Lord now? So my relationship with the Lord is predicated upon what I do or don't do? Well, that ain't good. Because what that means is that I only am in relationship with the Lord when I'm doing good. How's that working out for you? I'll just speak for myself. If my relationship with the Lord was predicated on me doing good, let's define doing good. I spent three hours in prayer every day. Ooh, I'm not worthy. Wow. And since I don't have a TV, I've got plenty of time to read <laughs> the Word of God. Wow, that's what you do? Yeah. Hmm. Jesus must love you more than me, because I don't do that. What if I told you there's nothing you or I can do to make Jesus love us more? How about that? 
Well, that might be hard for some and jam your gears or crash your hard drive, whatever metaphor you want to use. But if that's how you think, then the enemy has deceived you. Because our relationship with Jesus Christ has nothing to do with anything that we do. Our relationship with Jesus Christ has everything to do what He already did. He said, it is, thank you, period by the way, not comma, it is finished, period. Not, it is finished, however, however, it is finished, if, if, if what? It is finished when? <laughs> when? Yeah, it is finished when you do, and you start filling in the blank. That's legalism, and you're deceived. And here's the litmus test, if I can say it like that, and it has served me well over the years. I know it's legalism when it distances me from the Lord. Man, I... I didn't do very good this last week, and so the Lord's not really happy with me, you know, and didn't really spend much time in the Word, and I didn't spend much time in prayer, and didn't really have devotions, and here I got brother so-and-so, you know, he has devotions all the time, and I don't do that, and there's the enemy right there, a thousand times a day, dishing that out to you on a silver platter. Yeah, you, did. you don't do that. You don't do that. And what is sure to ensue? A distance now between you and the Lord. The enemy's got you. I mean, you, you might as well. You just signed a check. We don't use checks anymore. Just bear with me on the old metaphors. But you, 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 you signed a blank check and gave it to him to fill in the amount. And he's just having his way with you. And he couldn't be happier. Because that's how he keeps us from the Lord. The litmus test is, does this, does that, and this is across the board in every arena of life, entertainment, relationships, hobbies. Does this bring me closer to the Lord, or does this distance me further from the Lord? That's the litmus test. And if I'm living my life under do, 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 and not done, 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 then I can assure you, I can write the next chapter, because <laughs> I've lived that book. And that next chapter is distance from the Lord, because I didn't do. That's the deception. And the enemy's really good at it. He's way better at it than you are, by the way, when it comes to that. It's this third one I want to spend the remainder of our time on today, and it's spiritual immaturity. Spiritual pride, spiritual deception, and spiritual immaturity. This one 
is perhaps amongst the most difficult of the three by virtue of how it can be explained, not excused, explained as one just being ignorant. But how many times do we read in Scripture, particularly in the epistles, don't be ignorant. Why would the Holy Spirit inspire the writer to write the words, don't be ignorant, if being ignorant wasn't a problem? (laughs) It's kind of like whenever you read in the Scriptures, don't be afraid. Why would the Holy Spirit inspire the writer to write the words, do not be afraid, unless the one it's written to is afraid? John's Gospel, Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. Why would he say that to the disciples? Because their heart was troubled. Well, let's just superimpose that truth into the context of what we're looking at today. Don't be ignorant. Because being ignorant, by the way, it might explain it, but again, it does not excuse it. This ignorance, it's a mark of spiritual immaturity. And I got to tell you (laughs) that the spiritually immature Christian is a sitting duck for the legalist. In fact, I'm convinced that the legalists, they they have that, you know how dogs have that sense of smell? They just, they can smell it a mile away. They don't know the Scriptures. They're ignorant of the Scriptures. I know the Scriptures. Just ask me. I'll tell you. And they do. Of course, they quote them out of context. But the spiritually immature Christian is a sitting duck for the legalists to prey on them and lead them astray. It's heartbreaking, really. Actually, the writer of Hebrews warned them, even going as far as rebuking them earlier in his letter concerning their immaturity. Remember chapter 5? Let me read verses 11 through 14. He says, we have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you. Do you want to know why? because you no longer even try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Shame on you. You've been walking with the Lord for how many years, and you haven't even teethed yet? You're still on milk? You should be eating steak, uh, medium rare, sorry. (laughs) He says this then, he's he's holding nothing back by the way, and that's a good thing. There's a needed strength here. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, spiritually speaking now, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But, and I want you to listen to this, solid food is for the mature 
who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Did you catch that? Oh, wait a minute. So, if I'm not ignorant, and I'm mature, and I know the Word of God, and I've rightly divided the Word of God so I'm not embarrassed or ashamed or caught off guard and blindsided when a legalist preys on me, by virtue of being mature in the Word, eating meat, man, I mean steak, thick steak too, by the way, I'm going to be able to distinguish, discern good from evil. So now, here comes the legalist, right? (laughs) Come on, let's do this. You want to try that on me? Uh, I've trained myself to distinguish between right and wrong. So you want to come and try to tell me in your legalism that I have to do something? Bring it. You know, this is an interesting analogy. Again, it's probably outdated, I don't know, but whatever. You know how they would train bank tellers to spot counterfeits? They would have them get so familiar with the genuine feel it, touch it, smell it, count it, know it, know it well, so that when they try to slip in a counterfeit and they come across it, they are so familiar with the genuine, something isn't quite right about that. Because see, I, I, I know what the truth is. That doesn't, doesn't, we say it like this, doesn't pass the smell test. Something ain't quite right with that. Never go against that check or that pause that the Holy Spirit places in your heart. That's called discernment. That's called spiritual discernment. And it comes when we mature and train ourselves and know the Word of God. I cringe when I think how many Christians are ill-prepared and caught off guard because they don't know the Word. So all it takes is for somebody to come along with some false doctrine and start quoting Scripture, and they're like, oh, oh wow. And and they quote it out of the Bible. Come on. The devil knows the Bible better than you do. The demons know Scripture You don't think the demons, they even believe in God and tremble. Satan, when he tempted Jesus, he he quoted Scripture. He misquoted it. It was just like, uh, it was just about, it just sounded right. But to one who has trained themselves and knows the Word of God. Wait, 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 wait. Wait. You you said you just quoted that out of the Bible? Stop right there. Nice try. (laughs) Get thee behind me, Satan. No, don't tell him that. But you're, you're taking that out of context. You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth 
Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn from the book of Hebrews with Pastor J.D., don't discount the things you're hearing. God may be speaking to you individually today through Scripture. We encourage you to keep reading on your own, too, to further understand what you've heard on today's broadcast. If you're not already part of a local church that you call home, we encourage you to find one and attend regularly. This only helps you to grow in your relationship with God and others. If you don't have a church home, come be a part of ours. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions, to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you can also access more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates. In addition to that, you may be interested in the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. This is a simple guide to understanding the good news of salvation in Jesus. As we continue to learn from the book of Hebrews together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know what those prayer requests might be? Just fill out the contact form under the About tab at calvarychapelkaneohe.com or come find us on social media. There are links to our Twitter and Instagram pages on our website calvarychapelkaneohe.com That's all we have time for today but thanks for listening to this edition of In Spirit and Truth. <laughs>